Hello once again, everybody, and thank you for joining me here on this Wednesday, March 10th edition of ATS Radio. I'm your host, Adam Burke. I'll be chatting today with Kiev O'Neill from the Odds Breakers. We're going to talk some Big Ten Conference Tournament, some ACC, and some AAC on today's edition of the show. Over at ATS.io, lots of great stuff going on right now, including my 2021 MLB betting guide. Check that out, the landing page with links to all 30 teams, the division futures, pennant futures world series futures and of course al nl mvp both cy youngs and also the home run king season not that far away coming up here on april 1st i think it's four weeks from tomorrow i believe three weeks from tomorrow whatever it is so again the season coming very very quickly here make sure you're ready for it with that 2021 mlb betting guide and we got a lot of other great content over at ats.io as well college basketball nba nhl picks and predictions NBA getting back underway tonight after the All-Star break. My situational betting article updated over at the website for you to check out. The NHL situational article posted over there as well. And of course, uh, download the ATS app, which you can find in the Google Play Store or the Apple Store. Full article integration from the website, a bet tracker, an odd screen, a chance to buy a premium model subscription, and a stats database to help you with your handicapping, break down some of these games, find yourself some winners so that ATS app a very very powerful tool for you to use and then for me personally did a spot on vsin yesterday with Wes Reynolds and Brady Cannon talking about the MLB betting guide some division stuff you can check that out over on vsin's website also did Ken Thompson's show on SportsX radio last night so kind of making the rounds doing some media stops here for the betting guide I gotten a lot of positive feedback with that so far hopefully you've enjoyed it as well if you've gotten into it or if you haven't had the chance to get into it yet, biased, but I suggest that it is something that you check out to get ready for the 2021 Major League Baseball season. With that, we bring on today's guest. That is Kiev O'Neill from the Odds Breakers. And Kiev, how's it going today, man? Well, it's conference tournament week, Adam. Doing fantastic. But maybe I should ask you how your week is going so far on the strip. Uh, it's good, man. I'm, I'm tired, though. It's, I've been running all over town, catching up with people. Uh, got to have lunch with Brad Powers yesterday, which was nice, down at the South Point, uh, the South Point Sportsbook. I uh, got some of those iconic hot dogs from over there by the book. So a lot of fun with that. Catching up with everybody has been real nice. But, you know, it's a very busy time of year for a lot of people here with conference tournaments and all that going on. So, you know, everybody eyes on the prize here for us this week uh, with these conference tournaments. And of course, March Madness coming up here uh, next week. Anything, you know, that's really surprised you as far as the conference tournaments go so far? Um, not, not really. You know, I mean, the conference tournaments, well, well, I, I guess let's just say BYU last night was pretty awesome to watch for a while. I mean, I, I didn't expect BYU to be leading uh, Gonzaga, and I had the over. And as soon as I seen BYU leading, I knew I over was going to hit. I mean, because Gonzaga was going to catch them eventually. And uh, it was a great second half bet for anybody that got Gonzaga minus eight and a half down last night. So um, that was a, a surprise. Obviously, in the Horizon League, you know, Cleveland State, I, and I had them last night, thank goodness. But th I mean, just the fact that they won that tournament was a was a pretty big surprise because you know the favorites Detroit and uh, Wright State were out of that one and uh you know uh, here and there there's there's definitely been some upsets so uh what uh, I, I you know and nothing out of the ordinary because you're used to seeing some of the big upsets but uh it's been fun so far man 
Yeah, it has been. You know, I think there are a couple that are kind of interesting. I was pretty surprised to see Appalachian State prevail in the Sunbelt Conference Tournament because they were a jump shooting team in a pretty interesting situation where in the first game they played in the small venue, and then when they won that game in advance, they went to the bigger venues, and they were still able to prevail. They beat Coastal Carolina in overtime in the semifinals, then beat top seeded Georgia State, at least from the East Division, the top seed, to win that conference tournament. Uh, pretty surprising early exit for Texas State in that one. Uh, App State winning two games in overtime there. And again, it just sort of illustrates what can happen here in these conference tournament games, this one-and-done format. The other one that surprises me a little bit here is Oral Roberts coming mm -hmm. out of the Summit League. You know, I thought South Dakota State and South Dakota were you know, pretty clearly the two best teams in that league for me. Both of those teams go down in the semifinals. And you get the three versus four matchup in the finals, and Oral Roberts does prevail in that one. So those two were a little bit surprising to me. And, of course, I'm sure we'll have some more surprises here as we go forward. I don't know, though, Kiev, if we get a lot of surprises here out of the Big Ten Conference Tournament. First game, 6.30 Eastern tonight between Minnesota and Northwestern. The late game, Nebraska and Penn State. And for what it's worth, I did write a preview over at bangthebook.com for that Nebraska and Penn State game here tonight. But I think the first place where we have to start with this one, Kiev, is that this Big Ten tournament is at Lucas Oil Stadium, where the Indianapolis Colts play. I mean, this is just a massive venue at limited capacity for a basketball tournament. And I'm going to be really interested to see, you know, what happens here in terms of the shooting backdrop and if offense is really you know, held to a minimum. Yeah, me too. Unfor you know, I, this really scares me from betting any overs in the Big Ten. And I think the market's saying the same thing because, you know, you, you look at some of these totals here, uh, you know, Minnesota Northwestern at 140 and a half. Let's just see what, uh, you know, uh, Ken Palm has. It's higher, you know, it's at like 143. So it, it's already adjusting lower, um, you know, due to the neutral court in my opinion. So the question is how far it's, is it going to adjust? Is there going to be a point where you think you're going to take a shot at some of these overs? That's interesting to me, but it's still scary no matter what um, betting it over in such an interesting venue. It's such, such a huge place to be playing basketball, right? Uh, everything else is going to feel like it's dark around you. Right. So uh, I, I'm interesting to watch the two games today to kind of get a little bit of uh, an idea of how the teams are uh, picking this up. Yeah, and just real quick for our listeners here, we've got a, an unconventional recording setup to say the least here uh, with, with me being out of town. So you know, hopefully everything's coming off okay. There's no lag. There's no issues with the sound, with the feed, all of that. If there are, I apologize for that. I'll do the best I can in the editing process. But, you know, we've seen mild movements towards the under here so far. Minnesota Northwestern down a point or point and a half across the board. Uh, sort of seeing the same thing with Nebraska and Penn State tonight. Down about a half a point or a point for that game. So people may be gambling a little bit on the under, thinking that, you know, this venue will kind of come into play. But something I know that you've talked about, you've lamented about on social media, and make sure you follow Kiev on Twitter, at the Oddsbreakers. We've had a, a lot of whistle-happy officiating in the Big Ten. We've had some officials sort of mar the ends of games, you know, kind of take over and put themselves in the spotlight. That's something that's always concerning overall, but especially in a conference tournament format where you know you're going to get foul fest at the end of the games because these teams extend them, trying to extend their seasons. 
and all of that. So maybe that's something that could be strong enough potentially to neutralize this difficult shooting environment to where maybe that's part of the reason why people are kind of scared to be betting the unders, even though it seems like a good environment for it. Yeah, that's that's true. It's I, I guess it could it could be lower because Big Ten unders are a little bit shaded to the under anyway. But I, maybe you look at the first half under if that's the case, because uh, a lot of the foul fests come at the end of the game. And if you think that the backdrops are really going to affect here, why not do the first half? You know, it, it gives you a shot and it kind of takes away that end of the game pressure that these teams are facing. So, you know, I've, we've hammered derivative betting before. I don't see any reason why not to look at it again. Yeah, I really like hammering the derivative angles. I think it makes a lot of sense. And, and you know, you look at some of the games from, you know, from, from last night's action even. And you've got a situation like Oral Roberts, North Dakota State. Oral Roberts up 25 at halftime, blew that lead. The game was tied. And then Oral Roberts won the game, I believe, with a three right before the end. But when you look at those things, if you've got, you know, a lopsided first half, the second half's usually going to play different, especially if the better team is down. And even though North Dakota State lost, I do think they were the better team there. So I'm not surprised that they had that big second half comeback. But you will see that a lot. And you will see that a lot in this Big Ten tournament because of the format, because you've got teams playing three and three, four and four. I don't think any of the teams in action tonight play five and five. I don't think you see Penn State or anybody make a run to the finals. but you know, you get those tired legs in the second half too. So derivative betting, I think is absolutely the way to go here, whether it is side or total. Yeah, 100%. And, uh, you know, with Oral Roberts, I, I did want to mention that one. It just goes to show you that, you know, some of these middle of the road desperate teams can really make some noise in these tournaments, you know, and that's why I don't like taking favorites all the time in these tournaments, unless it's really cut and dry, you know, and uh, uh, I'm going to hit some derivatives a lot. And I think you are as well, Adam, from the sound of it. And, uh, you know, hopefully it comes to fruition, but, you know, taking a second half under is something I probably will not be doing at all. Yeah. I don't blame you. And we can talk about this more when we get to the ACC, but another example from last night, Duke leading by 14 at the break against Boston college. Duke is that, you know, cornered rat team. They've got a lot of urgency. Boston College, a team that wasn't winning that game. They probably knew that. They've had kind of a challenging season overall. They kind of rolled over in the second half. So you're also going to see that, particularly in the early round games. Maybe we you know, don't have enough of a sample size left to fully take advantage here this year, but it is something for our listeners to file away for future conference tournaments. So with the games tonight here, Kiev, as we talked about, you've got the 13-12 game between Minnesota and Northwestern. Minnesota is not at home. They're in a neutral site. We've talked about this all season long. They are not good at all whatsoever away from the barn. And Northwestern, a one-point favorite this one tonight, total 140 and a half. Yeah, what, why did Minnesota money come in? Because last night it was higher, you know? It was like two and a half, three points, I thought. And I'm not so sure about that. And, I, I mean, the only way to look here for me is to keep going with what's working. Minnesota away from home. It, you know, you're going to be kicking yourself after this game if you don't. But the venue here um, is different for both teams. Northwestern had a pretty good finish beating, why did they beat Michigan? Or no, they started the season well and finished it well. They beat Michigan State, Indiana, Ohio State. Then they dropped 13 in a row. Then they have three more wins, and they beat Minnesota on the road already. They already went to the barn and won. 
And then they finish out beating Maryland in a one-point win against a desperate Nebraska team. Minnesota's just so injured with Kalsher been out, you know, and obviously Robbins, he's been out. And what I, from what I read, Robbins isn't playing this game, you know, now could be wrong, but usually when there's multiple articles stating that I have to assume he's not playing this game. Um, there's only one way to look and it's Northwestern here. And it's kind of weird. My only concern is that the best player is on Minnesota in, uh, in Marcus Carr. You know, he's the best player of this whole whole uh, game. But I, I just don't think Minnesota's got the consistency here. And uh, you'll feel, feel pretty stupid not playing Northwestern here. I'm playing Northwestern uh, for a couple stars. And I have a Northwestern win in this game, 73-70. to 70. The other game here, the late one, 9 o'clock Eastern tip, Nebraska and Penn State. Penn State laying 6.5 in this one. 145.5, 146 the total for this matchup. You know, Nebraska's, it's not like they're a bad team. They're, they're bad by Big Ten standards, but it's not like they're a bad team here. Penn State, I know Kyle Hunter talked about them earlier on in the week on our Monday mega show talking about 16 different conference tournaments, but he thought Penn State was a decent 11 seed here. Are they decent enough to cover this six and a half number? Wow, I expected something different here with the way this line was out last night, the line was at six and it was shaded to the dog. And I'm like, okay, this is going to get to five. I was thinking I'm going to wait for this. And then maybe I can play a Penn state here, but then all of a sudden it's back to six and a half. And I'm like, why, you know, I, these two teams played each other very close. You know, I think both, both games were within three points this year and, and, and Penn state's just been pretty Jekyll and Hyde themselves. They don't have that good of a defense here. There's no way I'd want to bet the under, I mean, 146 and a half. <laughs> yeah. It's probably right. Even factoring in, you know, Lucas oil stadium here. One thing I saw is both teams really improved towards the end of here, you know, and, uh, since Teddy Allen left the program in Nebraska, the rest of the kids seem to rally. But in saying that, I mean, let's just look at Penn State. They're, they're, they're a more talented team, in my opinion. And I think that they're, this is one they have to, you know, they're going to circle here. Nebraska's out of the tournament unless they win this whole thing. And the kids have to know that they're not going to win it. But, uh, you know, Penn State winning three of the last four games has been very, you know, amazing to me, and especially in the Big Ten here. And uh, I have Penn State winning this game 76 to 68, but I'm not rushing to bet this one, Adam. Uh, and, I don't, and I think it's pretty correctly lined. So, unfortunately, I, I don't have much on this one. Yeah, the only thing that I kind of talked about, and again, as I said, I wrote that preview over at bangthebook.com was, you know, again, I, looking towards the under simply because of this venue, because of the challenges that this venue will provide. So that's about the only thing that I can kind of think of here. But again, we have to see how this venue actually plays out. Michigan State, Maryland play on Thursday. Ohio State gets the winner of Minnesota and Northwestern. Quick turnaround for the winner of that game, playing at 6.30 tonight, playing at 2 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. Indiana Rutgers in the 10-7. Nebraska Penn State winner will play at nine o'clock again on Thursday against Wisconsin. When we look at the odds here for this conference tournament, and these do get updated as the tournament plays out, where you'll have you know some movements in the lines based on who advances. Obviously, teams will come off the board, so the books will adjust their theoretical hold based on the new number of teams and all of that. But Michigan plus one seventy here from DraftKings, Illinois two seventy five, Iowa four hundred. Ohio State 550, Purdue 11 to 1, Wisconsin 1250, and then on down from there. 
now that we've got the draw, now that we see what the bracket looks like here, we see how everything's kind of shaking out. Is there anybody that you like from a future standpoint in this conference tournament or feel like there's value on Kiev? So you're saying Ohio State has worse odds than Purdue and Purdue has the double buy? Ohio State's plus 550 and Purdue is 11 to 1. Yeah, that's absolutely ridiculous. Why, why would Ohio State, who would have to play Purdue, um, if they win, obviously, tomorrow, uh, have better odds right? or, or more of a favorite to win this thing. It's, that's completely ridiculous. Purdue is my sleeper team to win this. And, I, and, and there's a lot of books that only have them at plus 600. So I think that's a great value on Purdue because they have a lot of upside. They have the height. They have Jaden Ivy, that kid, that freshman. He's just been fantastic, and they just kind of keep getting better and better. They can rebound the ball. They can play at any speed. Stefanovic has been hitting. You know, Purdue seems to hang, you know. And here's the thing about the side that Purdue's on. You have Michigan there, right? But, Adam, Juwan Howard has shown to be a good coach over the last two years, but how many Big Ten tournaments has Juwan Howard coached? Yeah, I think that's fair. And, and I think, too, you know, it's always interesting when you talk about these teams that have a really high profile. You know, I talked about this on Monday's show when we discussed the Big East, where I remember Villanova a few years ago. I mean, they just checked out in the conference tournament. I think they were the number one overall seed or maybe the number two overall seed, something like that. They knew it. They just kind of checked out. They were like, you know what? We're not going to spend the energy in this conference tournament. We're just going to focus on – the, the ultimate prize, the NCAA tournament. And I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that Michigan is going to do that, but when you've got a team that has such a high profile and frankly nothing to gain from winning this conference tournament, it would worry me that maybe they don't come in completely focused or engaged. Right, plus Matt Painter has all the experience in the world here, you know. And Michigan is probably penciled in as a number one seed anyway. I mean, I think so. Uh, you know, I, I don't think a first-round knockout by a Purdue team is something, like, to, to look down upon, you know. And uh, Michigan, you could tell they mailed it in against Michigan State, but they really didn't finish the year that well either. So I think Purdue's live on this side of the bracket at over 10 to 1. You know, I'm, it's, that's some good odds. I gave it out uh, on this show three weeks ago at 12 to 1, and I'm still shocked that Ohio State's favored over that. That blows my mind, Adam. Well, what about the bottom of the bracket here? We've got Illinois and Iowa, a couple of pretty good teams. Uh, obviously, you're a Wisconsin guy, so you know the Badgers inside and out. And, you know, we'll see who wins that 14-11 game, but I don't think either one of those teams will be that big of a factor. I've heard some smart people, some people I respect, some people I've been together with here in town that have pieces of Illinois, whether it's to win the NCAA tournament. Uh, Kyle Hunter's got him to go to the Final Four. A lot of people are really honing in on Illinois right now. Where is that kind of where you're looking in the bottom half of the bracket? Uh, Illinois is proper, properly priced at the plus 300. I was actually shocked that it was actually that high. I, I was expecting the books to be cheaper than that. But um, he, here's one thing I'm going to say. Uh, I, I think I would probably take Illinois just to be on the opposite side of Purdue there and maybe win either way if they match it up. Or I might just do a money line rollover on Illinois, which I'm not even sure if I would get that good of odds if they face up to Purdue. You know, So maybe the plus 300 is pretty good. But I, I do want to say to watch out for Wisconsin. And, and on this show, the people have been listening. They know how bad I've been harping on my team all year. But this is the point where you got to be careful for a team like Wisconsin because they have all seniors. These 
kids have been playing together in this tournament for three to five years. They're the most experienced team. And now Greg Gard finally opened his mouth, stuck up for Davison. It's been all over the news on how he just absolutely got shot in that game against Iowa by the, the poor officiating at the end. It's a, it's a big story out there. It's, the team's going to rally. And we've seen this team get hot and shoot threes before out of their mind. I would be concerned to bet against the Wisconsin team. And, you know, in saying that, uh, I, I like Wisconsin as a dog game by game. But I think Illinois is the proper team to be on on that side. So I do agree with the people that uh, are on the side of Illinois. Yeah, and again, you know, you sort of look at some of these teams here and, and you wonder about a team like Iowa where defensively they have gotten better as the season's gone along, and, and everybody knows that. It's no secret. It's been covered extensively, but they're still an offense-first team. They, they still need to be able to score. They've got some injury concerns as well. Uh, you know, Wieskamp being banged up. Now Frederick has missed some time here in and out of the lineup. And if you're an offense-first team and this venue – plays the way that we kind of anticipate that it will because it's so big you kind of got to lean towards the defensive side of the equation here and I think that you know that could be a team like in Illinois maybe that is a team that shows up defensively like Wisconsin something like that where this venue could be a great equalizer for those teams that maybe don't have great offenses to be able to play one of those muck and grind slop it up kinds of games so I, I think there are some, some opportunities here for some chaos, for some upsets, and you know, we'll just have to see how this thing plays out before it gets back to bankers like Fieldhouse for next year. And I also think that Iowa's got the biggest downside in this tournament because we don't know what's up with Camp yet. You know, he's pretty banged up. And they lost Nunji, their other tall guy, at 6'11 here. This whole Lucas Oil Stadium backdrop might affect Iowa the shooting team, the team that needs to rely on points more than any of these other teams. Iowa will certainly not be on my card. All right, so let's talk about the ACC for a few minutes here. And it is a little bit of a challenge to talk about this conference because this conference tournament already started. Uh, the first game of the second round is already underway here between Syracuse and North Carolina State, the 8-9 game. The winner gets Virginia on Thursday the winner is not going to force any sort of movement in the futures odds for this one. Uh, the 5-13 game is at 2-30. Then you got Louisville-Duke at 6-30. North Carolina and Notre Dame off of their buzzer-beater win in the late game here tonight. The four teams with buys to the quarterfinals, Virginia, Florida State, Virginia Tech, and Georgia Tech, they will be in action for the first time on Thursday. But a familiar venue here. They're playing at the Greensboro Coliseum. It's where they play pretty much every year. So nothing special about the environment or anything like that. Real quickly here, before we dig into the futures prices for this one, I want to focus on the two late games, Louisville, Duke, North Carolina, Notre Dame, and just kind of pick your brain and see if you have any thoughts on those. Uh, not Okay, Duke, I mean, blows away this team. But that's how Duke is, man. They'll, they'll hit and then they'll pick on the, the people that are, you know, can't they shouldn't even be in the tournament right they shouldn't be hanging with this team and then they'll just completely miss the next game you know we saw what duke was we saw them north them struggle against north carolina did they fight yes they did but louisville they played duke and they almost gave up that game this year and now you're going to a, a stadium that's actually pretty close to duke you know 
in Greensboro and Louisville's got a little bit more travel. <sighs> yeah, it's hard to bet against Duke in this situation because normally they're just always the favorite. You wonder if these kids are going to have a little bit of chip on it, on you know their shoulder coming in here. But Duke is a very uh, poor rebounding team. Their uh, you know their shooting is just not where it should be. It would not shock me to see Louisville blow them out. I mean, it really wouldn't. So um, I'm going to give you a lean on Louisville. But what, what scares me is, you know, Coach K in this situation. I, I, we haven't seen it in so long. You know, you wonder if it, it rallies the team here. So this was one I've still been scratching my head on, Adam. I think Louisville's the better team. Uh, so I, I, I'm going to give you a lean, lean to Louisville right now. Yeah, and this is one Duke, two-and-a-half-point favorite, total 140. And, you know, I think we saw a little bit of price inflation in Duke's number yesterday against Boston College because you've got that narrative. And, you know, I'm sitting at the South Point Sportsbook with Brad Powers yesterday, and ESPN's on, and they actually have the audio, uh, you know, pumping through the sportsbook. And the, the narrative, the, the talking points leading into that Duke-Boston College game we're just all about what does Duke have to do to get in the tournament? What does Duke have to do to get in the tournament? Will Duke get into the tournament? Will they win, you know, four games in four days, all of this? And that gets priced into the markets here. I mean, you are paying a premium on Duke games right now. Mm-hmm. And maybe they win in cover, and obviously they did yesterday, and, and Boston College provided very little fight. But just know that you are buying at a high point on Duke at this point in time, in my estimation. So – you know, if you want to take the two and a half, minus two and a half, that's fine. If you think Duke matches up well or you think that those narratives kind of come to fruition, just keep in mind that you're not getting any great line value to back the Blue Devils right now. Not at all, and especially from a future standpoint. I tweeted out yesterday, or was it Monday, that Duke was 10-1 to 1 to win the ACC tournament at a book. I immediately called them out. And, uh, and then they move, eventually it moved to 20 to one. And I guess the whole excuse would be, well, there's going to be so much money on Duke. We have to cover ourselves. Well, I mean, whoever's betting 20 to one on Duke, you know, you pretty much retire right now because you can do a money line rollover on them and possibly get a hundred to one, but if they actually make it, which I highly doubt. So Notre Dame with that comeback against Wake Forest, maybe we call it a comeback. Maybe we call it Wake Forest, absolutely choking that game away. They were up by, what, 16 or 17 at one point and then yeah. lose that game on that three from Notre Dame. Uh, dude popped at like a 36-footer or whatever that was uh, to win that one. North Carolina tonight, North Carolina playing some pretty good basketball down the stretch. They're plus 495 here to win this ACC conference tournament. They'd have to win four games in four days to do it, beginning with tonight's game here against Notre Dame. And North Carolina, six-and-a-half-point favorite, 150 and a half the total for this one. First, does North Carolina win and cover this game? Second, not a bad draw with Virginia Tech. Florida State would be a very tough game in the semifinals for anybody, uh, certainly North Carolina included. Does this team really have a shot to win this conference tournament? North Carolina, um, uh, I mean, the talents there. And here's how they play basketball. I mean, they, they're tall. They're the number one offensive rebounding team, and they rank 244th in effective field goal. They, they just throw the ball at the rim, and then they all swarm. They swarm around the basket to get the rebound and get the easy percentage, high percentage shot in the paint. That's exactly how they play. They don't shoot a lot of threes. Their three-point percentage is only 30.9%, but they only rank uh, 335th in three-point attempts <laughs> compared to all the field goals they shoot. 
right? So, I mean, that's Notre Dame, or that's uh, North Carolina's game, really. They're tall. I mean, if North, Notre Dame can actually box this team out somehow, just know it's coming that they're all going to charge the basket. Maybe Notre Dame gets a couple sneaky threes themselves and uh, makes this a much more competitive game, you know? I think the book's out on how to beat North Carolina. The question is um, if you can do it, right? Uh, Notre Dame up and down themselves. Wake Forest was shooting out of their mind, and I might and I must say that killed my over or my under bet yesterday, Adam. I thought I had a good number at one forty three, and it closed at about one forty and a half yesterday. And uh, I mean, this thing went way over anyway because Wake Forest was shooting at like sixty some percent in the first half, but they choked, and uh, you know Notre Dame came back. And you know, I don't think North North Carolina wins this thing. I think it's between three teams, Adam, that wins it. Okay. And we've got Virginia here plus 225, Florida State plus 250, Virginia Tech 5 to 1, Georgia Tech 8 to 1. I assume the three teams come from that group. It does. Absolutely 100%. And if you saw my tweet the other day, Georgia Tech at some books including DraftKings, was that like 25 or 30 to 1? You know, it was at 30 to 1 at least when I gave it out. But it was, uh, I tweeted out it was at 25 to 1 plus 2,500, and that thing dropped all the way to 6 to 1. That's what you got to look for. Get these conference tournaments odds early. You know, I hit Georgia Tech again at 25 to 1, and that thing went all the way down to 6 to 1. So it's very important to shop around in the beginning when these odds come out. Okay. I think Georgia Tech's got a great upside for their price now at six to one i would just do a money line rollover on them but georgia tech has just it surprised everybody and they got a chip on their shoulder this year it, you know they're they're looking to win this thing i would say the best coach team is virginia but florida state's the most likely to win in my opinion because they're tall and you know they just have everything going for them but you know i think georgia tech's going to really be gunning for this one and i think florida state and virginia might be looking more towards the ncaa tournament you know i think all three of these teams are the best in the acc i have florida state first and i have virginia and georgia tech tied georgia tech has a fantastic offense you know and uh their point guard there i i keep forgetting his name uh i think alvarado uh, yeah, Jose Alvarado has been absolutely fantastic. He's shooting over 40% from three. Some of the other team like DeVoe, he's shooting 39% from three. Moses Wright, 6'9", senior, shooting 39% from three. The guys are balling out, and their defense isn't really that bad. Ranking 54th on Ken Palm for the ACC standards anyway, Adam. So my play was Georgia Tech, and I'm, you know, I, even if it loses, I'm happy I got the 25 to one. I gave it out at 16 to one, two three weeks ago to our members. But uh, it's between. I, I think I think all any of these three teams are uh, game to win it. Yeah, and you have to like Georgia Tech's draw in the quarterfinals too. Whether they play Clemson or Miami, and, and listeners will know that by the time they probably get around to this show. But Clemson, a team that's not great, kind of a week five. Brad Brownell's teams never really play well at this time of the year. So Georgia Tech gets a pretty good draw there. And we know, and, and we've seen it in the past, that Virginia is beatable in this one-and-done format. Their defense isn't quite as strong this year as it's been in past years. Uh, the offense isn't either. They're a number one seed in a pretty depressed ACC environment. I don't think the draw is all that bad for Georgia Tech. But as you said now, as opposed to the futures price, Moneyline rollover with the Yellow Jackets is the way to go because they'll be a dog to Virginia. 
and there'll be a dog to Florida State, who I do think emerges from the bottom of that bracket. So you'll do better than the eight to one that's out there now. Oh, the money line rollover on the Yellow Jackets. 100%. Money line rollover all the way at six to one. That is mispriced right now. And, uh, you know, North Carolina's got a shot too. I just, I just think uh, Georgia Tech's got the, some pretty big upside here. All right, so we move on to the last conference that we're going to talk about here, and that's the AAC, from the ACC to the AAC. This one has not started yet. We'll start on Thursday, bright and early, 11 a.m. Central Time game between South Florida and Temple. This one played at the Dickies Arena in Fort Worth, Texas, and this will be a first-time venue for this conference tournament. It was supposed to be there last year, but we all know what happened with that. So this is the first year that these players will really get a big feel for Dickey's arena. This is a conference tournament that has jumped around quite a bit, been in Memphis twice in Hartford, twice in Orlando, twice. Now it's down in the state of Texas. And of course, you know, there, there will be some fans in attendance, I believe for this one, uh, you know, with Texas kind of relaxing some of their restrictions, but you got these six through 11 teams playing on Thursday, UCF East Carolina in the late game, Tulsa Tulane in the middle game, South Florida and temple in the first game. Wichita State, Houston, Memphis, and SMU, the teams that get a bye into the quarterfinals as the top four seeds. Then also Cincinnati playing in that 4-5 game against SMU. So as we look at the futures prices for this one here, if I can find them on the page, we're looking at you know, an interesting situation because the number one seed, Wichita State, is not the favorite. The favorite is Houston, and a odds-on favorite at that at minus 182 from DraftKings. Wichita, 275, Memphis, 525, SMU, 800 for this one. What do you think? I mean, you know, Houston being such a big favorite means there's probably value somewhere else for a team, you know, maybe to run into the Cougars in the final. Yeah. I mean, Houston, very easy schedule after they got Texas Tech, and they were very good that game. But, dude, this is back in November, and Texas Tech could not shoot at all that game you know and uh you know texas tech got better throughout the season but houston just showed us who they were at home against memphis i mean that last three thank god it went in because i had the under 134 otherwise this thing was going for overtime they shoot a half court three to beat memphis who just hit a three to tie it and this is in houston memphis to me has the biggest upside in this whole conference tournament here you gotta remember that penny hardaway has been a fantastic recruiter over the past couple years here for Memphis. You know, I mean, they've been, they've had some top 10. I think the the one with Wiseman had was the best recruiting class ever. Of course he left early last year, but I mean, if you look from a talent perspective, Memphis is right up there, maybe the most talent here and uh, Houston, they've certainly proved that they, you know, have some shooting issues. You know, they only rank 150th percent, um, an effective field goal percentage on Ken Palm, you know, that that's an issue, right? Why are they only ranking 50% in this conference? It's not like they're in the big 10. Their shooting is a big issue to me. Now they can rebound the ball offensively, but Memphis is starting to turn it around because their big problem was the turnovers. They uh, ranked 325th in turning the ball over, but they've started to clean that up. Memphis ranks number two on Ken Palm in defense in the whole league, in the whole NCAA. I mean, I don't buy that at all, of course. And I think, uh, you know, you can put up Baylor or Michigan or anybody else really in the 
top 10 against their defense. But either way, it just shows that they have a pretty dang good defense here. And I think uh, if Memphis can hit some shots, which they actually uh, shoot threes decently, 35.5%, they're live for this tournament, Adam. Well, I, the thing that's really interesting to me about the pricing with Houston is that they'll probably get Tulsa. Tulsa's not a bad team. You know, I don't think Tulsa's a great team, but they're not a bad team. So that's kind of an interesting 2-7 matchup in the quarterfinals. They'd play Memphis. They'd run that game back right away from that regular season finale, as you mentioned. And then they'd play whoever comes out of the top of the bracket. And Wichita State is, to a degree, a week one seed. They've won a lot of close games. They've been very fortunate. I know in terms of, like, Ken Palm's luck factor or Bart Torvik's fun factor, they've been one of the most fortunate teams in college basketball, winning a lot of those close games. I'm not going to be totally shocked, you know, if the championship game is Houston versus SMU or Memphis versus SMU, something like that. I think SMU's got a little bit of value here at eight to one, but you know they do play a tougher quarterfinal game against Cincinnati than Wichita State will play against USF or Temple. So I don't know if there's a lot of great futures value here, but I, I can't really you know poke any holes in what you said about Memphis and, and the profile that the Tigers have. Yeah, and I just think you know I. I th- I think Houston and Memphis are the best two teams. Wichita State's fake. They're, they're I mean, they, they have a huge luck factor going on for them. They're winning a lot of games by short amounts. <laughs> they have one player there that I really like on Wichita State, and uh, uh, Tyson Etienne. It, and if he gets stopped, I mean, the rest of the guys aren't that good, in my opinion. Cincinnati's what scared me off of SMU because Cincinnati's really improved here uh, towards the end of the season here, moving up in the ranks. You know, of course, they did lose to Vandy, but after Vandy, they blow out East Carolina on senior day at East Carolina. You know, they uh, they they went on a nice little run where they won uh, six out of seven games here and just dropped to Houston. But yeah, SMU, I think the price is good on SMU, and I, and the fact that I'm not believing in Wichita State kind of makes me lean towards the SMU on that side. To be honest with you. I'm going to put you on the spot here for a second and actually talk about one more conference tournament because. We hit 16 of them on Monday, and somehow, and shame on me as the host, somehow we missed the Big 12. So I want to get something out there on the show about the Big 12 tournament at the T-Mobile Center in Kansas City, Missouri. Different name, same venue. This is where they always play this conference tournament. It starts tonight, 8-9 TCU Kansas State, 7-10 Oklahoma and Iowa State. Oklahoma, big favorite in that game. It's an Iowa State team that, did not win a single conference game 0-18 for the Cyclones in Big 12 conference play here. They're a double-digit dog uh, to Oklahoma. TCU, three-and-a-half-point favorite against Kansas State tonight. But as we take a look at the odds for this one here, Kiev, Baylor minus 141 at DraftKings. Pretty strange number there. Kansas plus 525. West Virginia, 7-1. to Oklahoma State and Texas, 8-1. to Texas Tech being given a chance at 10-1. to Oklahoma 15 would have to win four games in four days to prevail in this one. So you got Baylor as the minus money favorite here, minus 141. Kansas playing pretty well down the stretch. West Virginia always dangerous in this format. Do you see any futures value? Do you see any shocking developments here in the Big 12 tournament? Man, there was a time this year that I had Baylor as the number one team, and I can zag right under them. Then the COVID pause happened and didn't look good against Iowa State. Then had to go to overtime against West Virginia. And 
you know, they did cover against Oklahoma State, but Cade Cunningham was banged up a little bit. Oklahoma State's been my darling team in the uh, Big 12 for betting on. And, uh, you know, I, I, they're a little bit underrated. I mean, we got to look at them. They got the best player in the whole league from what we think. I mean, I guess Mobley's another one. But uh, it, it, they're looking at Cade Cunningham being a top draft pick here. And Oklahoma State's playing some serious defense in the Big 12. You know, it's not always – you know, something that you're accustomed to. I know West Virginia's defense has definitely dropped over the years. I, 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 I wanted to bet West Virginia, but man, they're just not stopping anybody, you know, but I, I, from, from the perspective of the 10 to one, it, it'd probably be Oklahoma state to me, but I still think a money line rollover on any of these teams is better. The problem with the big 12, you got Kansas, which is, a big 12 tournament team, right? I mean, how often do they win the big 12 tournament? It's pretty frequent. And as a matter of fact, I, I think it's, they've been kind of just doing it the last, you know, most of the last years anyway. And I, I think I, there's a number on them. Like they've been doing it like 80% of the last 10 years or something like that. They're 46 and 12 straight up in this tournament, 79%. Thank you. Thank you. That's what I was trying and to do. 11 and th- 11 and three in the title game. They've been in the title game 14 times, including, four of the last five exactly and when and when are you going to finally put coaches um in your rankings here right because you know kansas there no (laughs) bill self there i would not be shocked if they get to the title game and and i would not be shocked if they win it too and you're getting plus 500 how often do you get a kansas team at plus 500 what did kansas do well they happened to win Seven out of the last eight games, you know, I mean, the only loss was to Texas there. They beat Baylor at home. Then, you know, obviously they have this uh, hiccup against UTEP, which was a complete letdown spot, but they weren't motivated that game, right? UTEP had all the motivation there. So it's a mess. I'm sorry. The Big 12 is a mess. Pick one and go with it. But uh, Baylor, I I couldn't take any any minus money here. But like I said, at one time I had them as the best team. You know, it wouldn't be. I wouldn't be surprised if Kansas won it. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, 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 Oklahoma State won it. I don't think Oklahoma's going to win it, but Texas has a lot of talent as well. It's a mess, Adam. Do you have any thoughts on it? No, not really. I mean, you know, you, you sort of look at this, and and to me, any semifinal matchup is a tough one. You know, Baylor gets the winner of West Virginia, Oklahoma State, and by the way, that four five game on Thursday, ten thirty a.m. Central Time. So maybe a first half under with a potentially sleepy start to that one. But Baylor gets the winner of that 4-5 game. And both West Virginia and Oklahoma State are very good teams. It would not be a walk in the park for Baylor at all. Kansas should beat Oklahoma, I would think, in that 2-7 game. But then gets the winner of Texas and Texas Tech. And as disappointing as Texas Tech has been, and I don't think 10-1 to is a good enough price on them, but Chris Beard is an exceptional head coach. So that's something you kind of worry about in this quick turnaround format where Texas Tech could go on a little bit of a run, rip off three in three days and, you know, go ahead and win this thing. So, yeah, I agree. I just, I don't think there's an easy path for anybody. You know, you're knocking out a couple of bad teams in the first round here on Wednesday. I don't think there's an easy path for anyone. I don't know if there's a lot of futures equity, but, you know, again, with it being, you know, such a, a competitive top heavy conference, Maybe there are some derivative markets you can look to attack or something like that. Right. And when you say top heavy, there's like five teams right. here. I mean, I, I'll be shocked. Top, top half heavy. <laughs> yeah. I, I would be shocked 
if a Big 12 team is not in the Final Four, Adam, I, I'll be shocked, to be honest with you. Oh, interesting. So are you, are you looking at any Big 12 teams for your futures portfolio, or is it too tough because Baylor's price is, you know, pretty short? Baylor's price is too short, but, I mean, I expect him to get to the lead eight and maybe the Final Four. But then you have a team like, you know, Oklahoma State that will have the value. I mean, if you can get them at better than 50 to one, I can see them in the sweet 16 and maybe you can start hedging out of that. I mean, Kansas is Kansas, right? West Virginia, uh, they can score points. They don't defend much, but Hey, you know, with McBride and Culver there, another fantastic team. So there's a lot of outs here. If you're going to bet, if there was a line to say like even money, almost even, I would probably bet it that a big 12 team will be in the final four. All right, we'll put a cherry on top of this Sunday for our listeners here. Talk to four different college basketball conference tournaments, but there is a UFC event here this weekend coming up on Saturday. And You mentioned to me before we started recording here that you do have some thoughts on the main event here for this UFC card. Of course, coming off of three title fights last week, this is not that great of a card. It's had a lot of changes, a lot of fights shifted around, moved around, a lot of fighters taken off the card including Chimaev in the main event, uh, maybe retiring due to COVID complications, maybe not. Dana White says he's not. We'll kind of wait and see how that whole dynamic plays out. But as we look at the main event here for this one, you've got Leon Edwards and Bilal Muhammad in the welterweight division. And in terms of the odds for this one here, Kiev, we're looking at Edwards as a minus 265 favorite at DraftKings. And you did mention to me that you have handicapped this fight and have some thoughts on it. Yeah, I do. And I have a play on it. Um, I mean, it's in, it's not going to be on the side. Uh, I mean, the, the price is just so high on Lean Edwards. It's going to be a good fight. Both fighters seem pretty hungry to me. The price is just telling you Edwards is going to win here. Edwards, 29 years old, 18 and three in MMA. His only losses were by decisions and two decisions and one DQ, right? And his DQ was years ago. And uh, his last one, his last loss was way back to Kamaro Usman, right? <laughs> Who people are starting to say is uh, the best fighter in history at this weight class. I, I'm not quite sure about that yet, but he's dang close. He's got the best streak here of defending his title, you know? So, I, I mean, you can't put us up for losing Usman. But, uh, you know, I think he's hoping for a rematch to Usman, and this is the fight that might get him there. But Bilal Muhammad's been moving up, and he's a bit of a badass himself at 18 and 3, 32 years old. He hasn't faced the same competition as Edwards, and for that reason, I do put him at plus 200. You know? And uh, the only thing that I can look at in this fight is uh, the distance, really. You know, Bilal's only been knocked out once in his career, never been submitted. Edwards, you know, he – he seems to go to submit uh, the decision pretty pretty often. Um, I like the over 4.5 rounds at minus 200. And you could take it that it goes the distance at minus 190, but a 10 cent difference for the last two minutes and 30 seconds, you are going to take over 4.5 because the last, uh, you know, two minutes in a round in, the, in a fight is usually the most violent and sometimes uh, that's when you see your finishes there, you know? So you pay your 10 cents and take the over 4.5 instead of taking the distance here. That's what I like. Edwards has went the distance 11 times in his 21 fights, including five of his last six fights. He likes to win that way. He doesn't want to expose himself. Muhammad has went to decision 15 times out of 21 fights, including seven of his last eight fights. I think this is mispriced at minus 200, even for the five rounds. I'm going to take 
the fight goes over 4.5 rounds. Yeah, I like that one. I think that makes sense. And uh, also, I'm looking here, if you do like Edwards to win the fight, again, he is minus 265. Seeing Edwards by decision, even money, maybe there's a better price out there somewhere, but DraftKings listing Edwards by decision at even money. Uh, but as you said, I think for 10 cents, why not just take the over four and a half and give yourself that extra cushion uh, as opposed to this one going the distance where you know maybe somebody takes some punishment in this fight and it does end a little bit before the final bell. But a good breakdown there from you on that UFC main event for this weekend. And good breakdowns across the conference tournaments as well with Kiev O'Neill from the Odds Breakers. And, uh, you know, I talked about how much I've got going on at the top of the show, but you got a lot going on here yourself at this time of the year over at the website. Yeah, absolutely. At the Odds Breakers, we're just flying through plays. And uh, you know, Chris over there is doing a fantastic job. Uh, we're, we're kicking out free plays every single day. There's also a free subscriber section. If you haven't checked that out, make sure you check that out. We're giving a lot of free subscriber plays. If you like what you hear at the Odds Breakers, if you like our podcast, feel free to contribute and sponsor us and become a member. And uh, we'll definitely give you our premium plays when we make the plays, if you want to do that. But otherwise, we're happy to give you free plays and just happy that you're listening to the podcast. We have a lot of great guests, great guests coming up tonight. Uh, we had Ralph Michaels on Monday for the uh, conference tournaments. So uh, this is the busiest time of year. You're going to see probably two to three podcasts a week most likely early in the week here. And uh, real quick, the Indiana does play Rutgers tomorrow. Uh, this is a free play. I'm just going to quick give out. I'm going to give out Rutgers minus one here. I mean, Rutgers leads Indiana three-point percentage, rebounding, field goal percentage, block shots, turnovers, assists, defense. I mean, it's a laundry list, right? Uh, I have no idea why this spread is going to be this low, uh, according to these projections. So sorry, Adam, I had a quick throw that out. Uh, we're going to take Rutgers tomorrow for your free play. No, absolutely. Glad you mentioned that. Sorry we didn't uh, talk about that game when we discussed the Big Ten, but I think it's a good note to end on here on this Wednesday edition of the show with Kiev O'Neill from the Odds Breakers. At the Odds Breakers on Twitter, at Kiev OB is your personal uh, Twitter account as well. But Kiev, appreciate the time as always, man. Thank you so much for joining me. We'll talk to you again next week. Talk to you next week. Everyone enjoy the games. There you go. There's Kiev O'Neill from the Odds Breakers. Again, theoddsbreakers.com is the website. Follow him on Twitter at the Odds Breakers. Coming up on Thursday, we'll chat some FCS college football for spring week four. I think it is five. I don't know. But we'll talk FCS on tomorrow's show with Brad Powers. Talk a little bit of FBS with him and probably some college basketball as well. Uh, and then on Friday, I will do the betters box, taking a look at a five and fly for the American League Central Division also update some of the injuries and other situations from around spring training. That'll do it for me. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. And I will talk to you again tomorrow.